Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people. If you know they solid, elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. Yo, 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 welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Man of Mindsets podcast. I am your host, Xavier, sitting here with the wonderful D. What, D, what up? What's up? What's up? How you doing today, Zay? I'm doing good as usual. Now, we got another um, dope episode. You know, I like to get right to it. I'm like, I'm not like a small talk person. I like to get right to it. We got another uh, dope, dope, dope episode. We've been excited to get this episode done. What's up? got the most important thing make sure y'all like oh yeah subscribe rate the show leave a comment <laughs> right you know show some love for the show show some love yeah we need all that we need to try to get some subscribers up those ratings up those reviews up all those things so like d said if y'all could do that we would greatly appreciate it but getting right into the show like i said we've been trying to get this episode uh done for a while now how long has it been d it's been at least like what since the beginning of the year Really? Think, like, it's, it's been a couple weeks in the making. Okay, okay. We're here we now. We're here. Here. <laughs> we here. We're here now. So we get it. So I'm going to introduce y'all to her name is Morgan. She's a nurse practitioner. We're extremely excited to have her on the show. It's going to be a dope episode. So welcome to the show, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so <laughs> excited. You. Yeah, we excited. We, ex- we excited to have, like I said, this is something uh, we've been wanting to get done for a while. I know Deanna, mm-hmm. she's, she's been like, yeah, we, we got to get her on the show. We got to get her on. I'm like, yeah, let's you know, do it. We got to get a little bit of diversity. You know, we got to touch on some yeah. different subjects. And I mm. think Morgan going to bring a ton of value to today's show. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. So let's get straight to it. Uh, so for Morgan, so for the people who may not be familiar with you, I know you 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 huge on Instagram. So for the people that ain't paying attention, that ain't seeing you, right, you, <laughs> you popping on the ground. Just, do you mind just giving some background to let our listeners know who you are? What do you do all of this stuff? Yeah, so my name is Morgan. Um, I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Um, I've been in nursing for eight, almost nine years um, in June. Um, I'm from Baltimore, Baltimore born and raised, and that's pretty much me. I own my own practice. Um, Me and my preceptor, well, he was my preceptor, now he's my coworker. (laughs) What's the preceptor? I don't know that. What's the preceptor? So um, when you're in nurse practitioner school, um, you follow behind another nurse practitioner or physician to get training. So we actually used to work together as nurses. He was my charge nurse. And then when he became a nurse practitioner, a psych nurse practitioner, he trained me. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, Damn, that's dope. And I, that's a full circle moment. Yeah. So I want to ask you, like, what made you actually decide to get into nursing? Like when, but nine years ago, when you were trying to make that decision, trying to figure out, you know, what you want to do in life, mm-hmm. choose a career path, why nursing? So my mom used to work at one of the biggest hospitals in Maryland, but she didn't, she wasn't a nurse herself. She still mm-hmm. isn't. Um, so what my mom does is HR and my mom worked in anesthesia and critical care medicine. So I actually wanted to be a CRNA, a nurse mm-hmm. anesthetist, you know, in the OR, they put people to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got in the OR and I was like, I don't know if I like this, <laughs> <laughs> but I still want to be a nurse. Um, So my first kind of intro was working there as a summer intern. And Mm -hmm. then I got there and I was like, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I know that I like this. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just was like, okay, well, I want to be a nurse. So um, I decided, like, I know I wanted to be a CRNA at one point, but I was like, I'm not sure if I really want to work in the ICU. And in order to be a nurse anesthetist, you have to work in the ICU. And it was definitely like the mouth and the spit and everything for me because you had to like intubate people. And I was like, 
this mm-hmm. isn't my vibe. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, I want to ask, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, you said you're on your own practice. Mm-hmm. So, how do, like, I'm so confused. Like, how does that, mm-hmm. how does that happen? So, it's, it's actually kind of easy to own your own practice. Like, surprisingly, there's, like, no type of, like, not really barriers, but like anyone can open up their own practice. Even you could decide to open up a mental health practice. Now, you just need people in positions that can do the work in order to run it. So you could open up one and you could hire me as the psych nurse practitioner, you know, to see the patients, depending on what you want. Or you could, you know, have people do medication management and therapy. So, you know, as a psych nurse practitioner, I can do therapy. I usually don't because it's not really revenue. Um, Mm It doesn't make sense revenue-wise. But all you have to do is hire the people in the correct place. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. So when did you make that, I guess call it, transition? Like after being a nurse for X amount of years, when mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to open up a practice? Well, I kind of decided about the practice after I already became a psych nurse practitioner. Like mm-hmm. I really wasn't in like an entrepreneurial mindset at all, like mm-hmm. when I was in school. And I think that at first I had to get a job that I really didn't like with a boss that I really didn't like to decide this ain't it. <laughs> and I want I want to work for myself. I want to decide when I want to go to work and you know, I want to have more control over what I prescribe my patients and kind of just do my own thing. Mm. I like that because you know with the medical field it is typically when people think of it like nine to five or you know just like you have to be up under one under someone so it's yeah. good to see you take it into your own hands and actually start a business with it yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's dope and I, I like i like it so much because you know we talk about business entrepreneurship all the time but i like to see when people get it they go a different route what is then a nine to five it was a specific niche career field because mm-hmm. You could still you could still be an entrepreneur and do that thing mm-hmm. too. I think so many people get it twisted. They feel like they gotta go one route. Exactly. Yeah, I gotta be a full time entrepreneur. I gotta be a mm-hmm. full time career nine to five hustler. And I, I like that you balancing both and you doing it well. I see you. She got the iced out rolly on. I see everything. You know, you know what? <laughs> I see she got the iced out rolly. She's shining. It's like I know. I love to see it. Like that's um, that's extremely dope to me for real. Like, yeah. but what what um? I want to ask you this. Like, as far as like. Having a business, because you said you didn't always have that. So when mm-hmm. what when did that click in? Like the entrepreneurial stuff, you could say, I could do this too on the side, not just this right here. So I worked for a company. Uh-oh, I feel like this one is... No, no, I'm not okay. going okay. to okay. 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 I worked for a company um, that became extremely successful <clears throat> within like six months. And I saw how well um, they kind of like crossed over almost overnight mm-hmm. and what do you mean by crossover like i mean going from like being in like five or ten states to being in almost all 50 overnight overnight and i mean the revenue um they they ended up cutting our pay but um Damn. yeah they ended up cutting our pay um but seeing how much revenue they were able to generate and it was like almost overnight and part of it was because of the pandemic and it seemed like every single day we were getting like more and more patients. My schedule was getting booked like more and more out. And then I started to add up, add up the numbers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this math isn't mathing <laughs> for me <laughs> because I'm like, how are you making this much? And then I'm taking home this much. But I know other nurse practitioners because we talk and a lot of us are super transparent about pay. Um, and I'm like, it's. I'm, I'm making like one third of what I should be making or what I could be making. And I was like, yeah, this ain't it. I think it's time to go. 
<laughs> mm, that's all, sometimes that's all you need. That's all you need. And I want to ask you, kind of going back to the practice part, is there a specific like niche when starting a practice that makes it more profitable than others? Or can you really just mm. dive into whatever you're interested in and start the practice? Well, there's so many different laws in different states. And it's so funny because I have I have friends in Maryland and Florida that opened up their own um, med spa. Med spas are huge. You can make yeah. so much money with med spas. But one of my friends moved and like in California and Florida, there's certain laws like you have to, um, for example, you can only own a certain portion if you're a nurse, like a physician has to own, like own a certain portion. And then if you're in a full practice authority state, meaning um, the nurse practitioner has full authority to practice and doesn't need a, like a supervising physician. Mm -hmm. So you really kind of have to learn that. And then sometimes you have to build those relationships because like people are still kind of shocked about my um, my collaborating position. I got to send her this um, this episode. Hey, Dr. Jones. <laughs> um, but I absolutely love her, and it was really important to me to find like a black supervising physician, um, a black woman who was kind of understanding like kind of like my own treatment philosophies that wouldn't like kind of question everything that I do, um, and was that like kind of like super in line with what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And we have a great working relationship. I actually just emailed her yesterday. So. Mm. Good to yeah. hear. Mm. One more question, though. Mm -hmm. And with your practice, was um, is it a physical location? Yes. I just am not there. So, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, wait, because you out here traveling and yeah. doing what you do. Yeah, it's funny because Quentin actually really, really likes to go into the office. Bless his soul. I think he's a little <laughs> bit more like older school. But my patients, um, they don't like to come in, which is fine. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really excited because a lot of my patients um, wouldn't be able to probably come in. Um, they have a lot of things going on like in their own lives some of them are moms some of them are dads you know some of them work nine to five so it's like most practitioners have a nine to five schedule so it's like how would they even get mental health treatment if you got to take off work every time you got to come see me to get your meds right mm -hmm. so mm. what's what's some of the um biggest misconceptions as far as being a nurse because i know at least for me I, I was ignorant enough. I always thought, at least growing up, I thought being a nurse was like a woman's job for real. I didn't know men like. <laughs> I didn't. Know the, now I. <laughs> I, I know for real, but now like I, I know a lot of guys that's going into that career field, and I'll be like, wow, I didn't know men did that. Like this whole like, so I know that's one misconception that I had. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I had that because I only seen it's women do it growing up. So I didn't know men like became nurses. So when I started getting older and meet guys that was like going to the nursing field, I'm like, you a nurse? As a guy, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So we're like, what are some other um, misconceptions like regarding being a nurse? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think. So as far as like misconceptions, I think the first one is that we all make a ton of money. Uh -oh. Um, and that's one of like that's one thing I want y'all to ask me and like dive into. Oh yeah, about, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's yeah, go. Let's go. Because we got we got to get into the money because a lot of people will be like, I just want to know how I'm gonna make more money, and I'm like, you don't really want me to tell you that because you're gonna have to get uncomfortable. Like mm -hmm. you're gonna have to leave your job. What you, why is that? What do you mean? Because we. You want me to answer that? Yes. Because you know my ADHD brain. We, we can't. You can't right, answer your questions. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. But, but what I want to say, okay, so definitely about the misconception. So first, when you talk about nursing, not all of us make a, bu a bunch of money. So mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of times in the South especially, nurses and in Texas, no shade, no shade. I was just talking about this on TikTok today. I would not, <laughs> I would not get sick here. If I got sick, I'm going to get airlifted out. Word. Yeah. Why, why, why is that? 
y'all gotta y'all gotta look up um the ratios, the average ratios that you have here, like the average nurse to patient ratios in Texas. They do not exist. Oh my god, they don't. Oh damn. So you usually have ratios in ICU, OR, um, PACU, like when you're recovering. Mm -hmm. But like I, I worked, I worked um, in Texas before doing doing ped psych. Never again, never again. That's sort of so. With that being said, so let's say if you is thinking about being a nurse, that means Texas is probably a good state to become a nurse in, right? If it's not, no. y yes and no, <laughs> because well, I'm gonna tell you something. Nurses that come out of Texas. New York and Florida, those are some of the best nurses I've ever worked with. Okay. Because I'm going to tell you, they know how to hold their own. Mm -hmm. Like, if you make it out of nursing school from one of those states, it's like your multitasking, your ability to critically think is, like, out there. Right. Because you have to constantly, like, be evaluating and, and constantly be, like, reevaluating every single patient when you have seven and eight med mm -hmm. surge patients. Or 14 and 16 psych patients. Like, it just, it mm. just does something to you. Mm. So, yeah. uh, hold on, hold on. We got to get to the, we, no, we no, got to get to the, oh, okay, okay. The <laughs> money, I said we got to get to that money part. But go ahead, D, go ahead. Oh, My okay, bad. well, this was what I was going to ask, because I know you said online, it's specific states that are more profitable, or the most profitable states to be a nurse in. Yes. I just wanted to say what those states were. Oh, absolutely. So, number one is going to be California. Mm -hmm. Number one is California. So, um, what a lot of nurses that I know do is that they'll have a PRN job in Cali. Now, this is the money right here. What's, so, what, what's PRN? What does that mean? So, oh, as needed. Okay, so, like, okay, so, like okay, you okay. basically work when you want to work. Oh yeah. So I have a um I have a a friend we can call him um we we'll call him George. Okay. Um George and I went to school together, psych and P school. And George still has not taken his licensing exams because George made $98 per hour base rate in California. So he don't even he don't even he <laughs> yeah. don't even he don't even care to get his license. Exactly. Basically. Basically. And George has multiple hustles. So like George has vending machines and he has all these different things. He does Airbnb. And so I was like, so you still haven't taken your exam? And he was like, no. I said, are you Hell, going to? Nope. He said, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it. Right. right. $98 an hour. So as the you, base, not even adding in like differentials, mm -hmm. like weekend, night shift, holiday, like $98 per hour flat. Flat. <laughs> yeah, you good. No, this was before. <laughs> like Cali has always had, like especially Northern Cali, that's why people don't live there. Like they'll, I had a, I had a homegirl who, who still lives in Atlanta, catches a Southwest flight, goes and works six days and then comes back home. I'm giving y'all so crazy. much game. Right. No, 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 that's, <laughs> right. That's crazy. Let, let's, let's talk about the money part. Cause as you know, this Mary Not Mind says, everybody want to talk about the money. How can I make more money? How to get to the bag? Blah, 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 all that. Mm -hmm. So like, <laughs> so, so, uh, you said, I kind of confused me a little bit. You said, mm -hmm. what's up? He went from making $30 an hour to $200 an hour. Who? 200 plus. Wait, wait, wait. Well, how we That's get to this part? I just, hey, <laughs> you ain't got all that. Don't worry about the money. Oh, no. You're trying to get all right, yeah, the money. Let's... I'm just <laughs> all right, you was from thirty dollars to two. All right, go ahead. That's another. How you get? How you get from that to? How you get from thirty to two hundred? Okay, I'm gonna take you step by step. So first, when I was making thirty dollars an hour, um, I was working as a floor nurse in psych in Baltimore, right? Mm -hmm. So I had applied for a house supervisor position. So basically, I, I was running the hospital at night. So it was like an administrative role, but I was working night shift. Um, then I made fifty five dollars per hour doing that. 
So when I was doing that, I was in school studying when I was at work. Right. Um, every every free second that I got. And I was working that job usually on weekends because my clinical was during the week, like Monday through Thursday. So when I left that job and I transitioned, when I first became um, a psych MP, I was making 90 per hour. So then I started doing the math. And when I look at the math, like, for example, how much we charge at our practice, like a new eval is $300, right? <clears throat> I can do an eval in, in um, 45 minutes sometimes 30, depending on if the patient wants to talk or not, that's right. up to them. So you think like you charge $300 in 45 minutes, can I fit in another follow-up visit that's going to be 150 in that time? So sometimes you can make, well, I can make $450 in one hour. <laughs> like, I, no, no, I'm, I'm telling you, you got to add up, you got to add it up because when, especially like family nurse practitioners right now aren't making that much money. So when they tell me that, I say, well, how much do you make your job? And they can't tell me. And I say, that's the first step of figuring out why you're not being paid your worth is that you haven't proven to your employer that you know your worth. Why would I pay you more if you don't know how much you should make? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It makes sense. Damn, I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I, man, like I said, I'm ignorant to a lot of this stuff. I didn't know nurses can make that much. So how many years in a game do you think somebody needs before they can be on that level of making mm, $400 an hour? Well, if you want if you want the, the quick version, you can always just open up your own practice. But again, you still have to pay the practitioners. So I cut out the middleman. Well, me and Quentin cut out the middleman, and we just basically directly serve. Now, I think that for him and for I – um, what's more important to me other than making money is having people in place so that I can actually enjoy the, the fruits of my labor. Mm -hmm. So it's important to me to have a biller and coder and it's important to me to have an office assistant so that I'm not just like constantly dealing with like the day to day things. So, um, we have a split. I mean, I don't make the straight 450 for each hour, you know, it's a, it's a percentage split with the practice so that we can, you know, pay the, the bills, but. Right, 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 right. right. That's still, still really good though. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, no, that's amazing. But like you said early on, you said a lot of nurses, um, don't make as much. So let's talk about that and the reasons behind that and how can they elevate them lives? They want to elevate their income, all that stuff. Okay. So the family nurse practitioners, they usually don't make that much money. Because, again, they don't understand how much they bring in. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, like, so my one of my business partners um, is a family nurse practitioner. He runs his own practice. So he does a concierge medicine practice. So that means, like, if you call him and you say, you know, I want X, Y, Z, he'll either do a telehealth appointment with you or he'll come to you. <clears throat> for the most part, because he's my provider too, he'll come to me like every three months um, to continue all my scripts that he has me on. So um, for him, like if he was to go to a job, even though I know he ain't going to a job anymore, um, you know, he would sit down and say, okay, these are the RVUs that I bring in. So that's the revenue units that you basically make. So let's say you work and you do pain management. So you would look and see what the, the charge is that you're charging the insurance company and see how much you're making from those charges. So if you know that a certain, like, for example, for, I'm going to use site because that's what I know. So if I know what my billing codes are and what I'm charging for the patients, that's how I know. And I look at how many times I'm charging that per day. That's how I know what revenue I have coming in. Mm. So, 
you wanna go? I was gonna say that's this is a lot of game, especially for um a lot of younger people that's trying to be nurse because they you definitely probably not gonna know all this because it takes experience to figure all this stuff out. Mm-hmm. You might just be getting uh way underpaid the first five years just because you don't know the right mm-hmm. information for real. But that's for nurse practitioners. Like okay. for nurses, I feel like depending on where you are, you're just going to make some, some people are just going to make less money. Like, honestly, some states are just shameful in how they pay their nurses, like Alabama, right, 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 Louisiana. Right. Mississippi, probably. Yeah. The yeah. pay is the pay is not great, and then there's no mandated ratio. So, like, y'all see all the stuff that's going on in the news about all these nurses that's going to jail and getting convicted because they took unsafe oh, assignments okay, or they were basically given, like, impossible tasks. So they did what they could to basically take care of the patients that they had, which is admirable, believe me. But, you know, we have to start fighting for things like safe patient ratios and things that are going to lead to better outcomes because our patients deserve it. That's facts. That's facts. Definitely. So I wanted to ask you because now we we don't talk about the money. We see Mm -hmm. you doing good. You living good. Things Uh is great. So I want to talk about like the level up, the mindset. And it doesn't have to come from a strictly a medical standpoint, but Mm -hmm. just a mindset standpoint but you know what's the mentality behind like not getting complacent with just like making a bare minimum or you know mm-hmm. just making a little something but actually continuing to level up in your career field and in your life I think and this isn't even just for nurses or nurse practitioners but it's the people that you surround yourself with mm-hmm. like it's when you're in a certain place, you just can't do things that, you know, you used to do. And it's so funny because I, I was talking to one of my girlfriends today and um, it's like all this foolishness going on on TikTok right now with nurses and stuff. And I was like, at, at this big age, drama is just so embarrassing. Like, girl, get some money. Like, yeah. what about the money? <laughs> Where is the part about the money? And I'm just like, you know, when you have certain people in your life, like, People are just not going to let you get, like, unfocused. They're just not. So I think it's, it's starting with how you, who you surround yourself with and then how you envision yourself. Like, every single month, I, I look at my goals. And that's part of the things that, like, I go over with my therapist. Yes, I'm in therapy. I think everybody should be in therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm in therapy to deal with people that, that should be. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something that me and my therapist talk about. And she always asks me, like, well, where do you see yourself in, in, in this amount of time or this amount of time? And, you know, tell me what that looks like for you. Like, where, you know, what are, what are you doing to get there? So I think that we have to constantly do things. Like, it's people that you know we we put ourselves in uncomfortable right. situations we mm-hmm. face things that we we're afraid of like you know i don't even like public speaking like this like rec- <laughs> like i'm like this is gonna be recorded like no one see me <laughs> and i was terrified to do this but i still put myself out there and you have to just do things like that mm, get out your comfort zone you definitely do that's super important that's that's funny because that's um there's <laughs> a lot of people that when they come on the show afterwards they be like man I hate doing stuff like this. I was like nervous as hell, but he was like, it was cool. Though. I'm like, yeah, it's not. When you do it, once you jump in the fire, you just, you there now. It's like, you just got to, you got to be cool. I'm scared because I'm sweating, y'all. <laughs> I don't know if y'all can see me on YouTube, but don't, don't, don't judge me. <laughs> so uh, going into like the, the importance of who you surround um, yourself with, mm-hmm. for the people that's listening, let them know like, what's the ideal type of people you need to have in your circle if you really trying to level up? Like, what are those qualities or characteristics going to look like? Y'all not going to like this. Uh-oh. <laughs> Be honest. Be honest with us. Be honest with us. You, you got you to gotta start hanging. Like, I, I had made this, this, um, this comment and this post, like, a while ago. I said, 
if you don't have if you don't have friends that you can go to, not not nobody you can go to go with with drama or gossip. If you have friends that you can't talk to and say, I need ten thousand dollars, I need fifteen thousand dollars, this is this is this plan I have, you in the wrong circles. Mm-hmm. The wrong circles. Uh, and they, never, they ain't gonna like this. No, <laughs> no. And it's like, you know, you have to put yourself in spaces where you're with people who are smarter than you. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we're uncomfortable to be in rooms with people who know more than us. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that, like, I'm telling you, you just, you, you gotta, you gotta find those rooms and it's, and it's, and it's not going to be in clubs. Mm. It's not going to sometimes be on social media. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's going to business conferences. It's yep. going to, you know, places that you're, you might not necessarily be comfortable. It might be, you know, putting yourself in to like being a nurse and going to a nurse practitioner conference. Like it's, it's, it's going to the next level up and committing to, to what you want to be. Mm-hmm. So mm. that's, that's, that's practical advice. You commit to it. Cause you know, a lot of people do a bunch of talk. Oh, I want to be this. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But we hearing the same old speech for like five years, but it's all about the actually committing to it. Mm-hmm. Cause talking easy. It don't cost you nothing to talk. No energy, Thanks. no, no well, talking is energy a little bit, but I mean, like, it ain't that much, it ain't that much energy. It don't cost you no money, nothing like that. So that's the easiest thing to do is just to say what you're going to do. And you, most people got good intentions. It's just, they lazy as hell. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Like, <laughs> so I would say, like, being, like, kind of lazy in your career as a nurse, like, what would you say, like, the outcome of that's going to be? Like, if you just going through it, not really, like, doing your job, how you should be? Well, I mean, as evidenced by what's going on right now, you might lose your license. I mean, you know, if, if you if you're not like if you're really going through and you're lazy, that's a dangerous nurse mm-hmm. mm. because, you know, you have people's lives in your hands. And I tell people all that all the time because it's like now, like the new trend is being a psych nurse practitioner. And I'm like, these are still people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, and especially in psych right now, there's a lot of people who are kind of jumping in who don't have any psych experience, which I don't recommend. I mean, I had five years um, of psych experience before I even applied to psych MP school. So a lot of people are trying to apply for these programs, don't have experience, and then they're like, they get out and they're like, I don't know what to do or how to treat these patients. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how how to do my job. Which is scary because you only get like 675 hours in school. So then when you get out, you don't know what to do. Mm. That is scary. That's scary. That's scary. That's extremely scary. And I I had another question, but before we go to that, we are going to go into our first sponsor. This episode is also sponsored by The Morning Meetup. One thing all successful people have in common is strong connections. If you're trying to break into the entrepreneurial world, you're looking, you're looking to network with like-minded individuals, or you're looking to take your business to the next level. Currently, entrepreneurs from all across the country meet up every morning for a daily meeting from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern to start the day off right. If you want to join this community, there's never been a better time to try it out because for a limited time only, you can start a seven-day trial for just If you're looking to get started with the morning meetup, you can go to www.themorningmeetup.com slash $1 trial. And like as always, the link for that is in the description of this podcast episode. The reason I think this episode is um, so important in my opinion, because I know specifically we talk about our people's black people. 
things got to look good to us for us to want to actually do it. So no, when I had somebody, you could be a you could be a damn um, train driver. But if you look at you, you fly with it, you know what I'm saying? You making money, you stable. Mm-hmm. People will be like, damn, I want to be a train driver now. So mm-hmm. with you being a nurse, like, nurse practitioner, you make it look good. Like, you know, like I said, you, mm-hmm. you shine and you tell your life on point you live in. I think that's dope for younger people to see. And like I say, damn, I could be a nurse and still be financially stable, financially mm-hmm. independent. So this is why I think this episode is so important. That's that's why I was it was important to have you on so people could see this and hear what you're saying, hear the game, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I just want to touch on that. But you go ahead, D. No, I love that because I definitely think you're a role model. Like, I know a lot. You're welcome. I know a <laughs> lot of girls, though, who took the medical route, mm-hmm. like coming out of high school mm-hmm. or just as we come into contact. But it's mm-hmm. like, I know a lot of them don't really have someone who makes it look good. Make it look good. And, and, you know, gives out Mm -hmm. information, gives out quality information Mm -hmm. and shows them, like, it's possible to live a dope lifestyle and still have Mm -hmm. a practical job and still be doing something that, you know, touches other people. But Mm -hmm. something you said on Instagram, girl. Oh, Lord. Okay. (laughs) When I saw this tweet, I'm like, she's talking. You Mm -hmm. said, struggle is not my birthright. Mm. And I was Okay, you got to talk on that. I want you to break down the mentality behind that tweet. Struggle mm. is not my birthright. So first, I got to give credit. I I, I never want to take credit for something that's not mine. So, Stephen, if you're watching this, hey, boo. Um, <laughs> so I, I heard that, in, um, and I used to do um, a morning meditation room on Clubhouse every single day. Mm. And what we would say as we were closing the room is we would talk about, you know, things we were grateful for. We would talk about, like, struggles we were having, things like that. And he will always say that. He said, struggle is not my birthright. And I think that especially as black women, Mm -hmm. we think that in order to have nice things, in order to enjoy the fruits of our labor, that we have to have struggle. And that's just, that's, that's not my lifestyle. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I should struggle. I, I, I have what I think most days is a good life. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't stress at work. I told, I told people in the most respectful way that I can, I will fire patients that, that, that bring me stress and try to stress me out where I feel like it are not a good fit. Um, cause I, I don't move like that. I don't move around anyone else, but myself. And I just refuse to bring myself out of character, regardless of how much money anything is associated mm-hmm. with. So when I say struggle is not my birthright, I mean, I deserve, and I, I affirm that, I deserve to have a good life mm. without any type of barriers or prerequisites right. for that. Is, mm. is that a mentality you always had, or, or is that something you had to learn over time? Oh, no, I had to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn that, because I even felt like that in relationships. Mm. Like, I, like I, I found myself with people who I felt like I had to struggle with. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I had to, to prove myself right. in order to be worthy. I'm already worthy. I am the prize. Ooh. Period. <laughs> Period. Period. I'm single. Ain't no ring on this finger, but I am the prize. Okay? That's why I'm single, because I know. <laughs> talk talk that talk. Plug. Right, right. Okay, okay. Talk that talk. Talk that talk. We love all that. We love all that here. And that's, um, I, I ask that because I feel like, um, there's a relearning process that most of us have to go through because you will, you come up, depending on your environment, how you came up, you will feel like, man, I'm not deserving of this. Even when you start winning, like if you go or broke, mm. you start getting wins, you be like, man, I feel like for some reason, I feel like I don't really deserve this, but you do for real, especially when you worked hard for it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You deserve every reward you get for real, but it's hard. You know, they call it what survivor's remorse mm-hmm. when you make it. 
They call that's what they call that survivor's remorse. You kind of feel like. I know me personally, I ain't never had that shit. I feel like, hey, <laughs> yeah, shit, I'm on <laughs> Right, right. I feel like I'm supposed to be here. I don't, I don't care what nobody say. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. But go, go ahead, D. I see you want to say something. No, I was going to like that because I like that you brought up. You also, you talked about the work side, but then you brought up the relationship part. And I think a lot of people also need to take heed is that the same mentality needs to translate in every aspect mm. of your life. It can't just be, oh, you know, I'm... I'm doing good at this, you know, I put my all into my job, but I, I get to this other area of my life and I'm slacking. Yeah. And I think that's definitely something like we all got to work on is that, you know, if you're going to do it a hundred percent in one area of your life, it has to translate to every single area. Let yeah. me, let me, let me ask y'all this though. Cause you, you said it is something that you, uh, learn over time. Do you mm -hmm. think, do you think how, I'm trying to think how to word this correctly as a young person, do you think it's they could acquire that mentality at a young age or just something that trial through error they got to go through like a rite of passage they got to go yeah. through shit to finally realize you know i am worth something i ain't gotta you know what i mean well i think part of that is how we brought up right mm -hmm. and you know having having very intentional like and my parents and i are so close like we're so close and um i think that how you're brought up and what you're brought up around is really important in kind of developing that like I know that my parents were just super intentional with everything that they did like for me growing up. Like I, I think that part of the reason I'm even a nurse practitioner today is because of the experiences that my parents put me around. So I think that my parents did their best to kind of give me a struggle-free life and to show me that there wasn't like any type of prerequisite to being a great black woman or to, or to being a great person mm. that, you know, I didn't have to, to struggle. They struggled, so I didn't have to. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a bar. And that's how it should be. I mm -hmm. mean, we and we deserve to do the same thing for our kids. We put in the work and make their lives easier and the cycle continues. Mm. Exactly. So I love so that. I want to ask you this. What's your, um, so if somebody that's listening to this and they, they think about going into the uh, career field, it might be a, an aspiring nurse, nurse, nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. What's your best piece of advice for them that they could take action on like right now? Ooh, if they want to be a nurse or a nurse practitioner. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I would say, I would say start, but also be intentional with how you start. Mm. So the biggest like regret that I noticed from other people, and I, I can't relate honestly, because my mom was super intentional with my education and telling me like, money don't grow on trees. You have four years. And that's all me and your father are paying for. Like, that's it. So I think that when you start and you're very intentional, like, and you look at in-state schools versus out-of-state schools, and then you look at what your long-term goals are. I tell people that all the time. If you know that you want to be a psych nurse practitioner and that's your end goal, then maybe go for a bachelor's degree first. But if you know... What I want to do is be a nurse, a nurse, um, I'm sorry, a nurse um, who works with injectables and basically does like Botox and things mm -hmm. like that. You can do that with an associate's degree. So why would you go and do more school and pay more money to get the same, the same output? Mm. It just doesn't make, yeah, sense. make sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying like be intentional. I think, you know, people love saying success loves speed. Success loves speed. Yep. Success also loves a thought out plan. So mm -hmm. you got to stop and think. And people are always trying to race. Like I've had some people say, oh, I did this accelerator program. Or I did this program and I'm $80,000 in debt. And I'm like, sis, you don't even make $80,000 your first year. 
make it make sense. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to slow down. I know that, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I'm 30, almost about to be 31. You will get to where I am. But you don't want to rack up more debt, right. more stress, more struggle to get to where I'm at because you couldn't take three months and do research. Mm-hmm. You talking that talk. That's yes, a bar right is. there. <laughs> Speaking of debt, I want to ask you this though. Like, so um, in your opinion, what's like what's the uh comfort what do you think is the right amount of debt to take? Let's say so let's say example, because I see people that take on a hundred thousand dollar a year jobs and they take on a hundred fifty thousand dollars a day. I'm like, how does that make sense to you to take on that much debt and you're not gonna make that much money? It's gonna take you forever to pay that back. So what do you think is the uh, a good amount of debt to take on? Like how do you how do how well, what, I'll just ask you that. Uh oh. I'm still praying that Jesus is gonna pay this loan. <laughs> that Joe is gonna pay this loan. Um so for example, um the only the only debt that I have, quite honestly, because I, I believe in, you know, having conversations about this and right. being open. I don't have any loans from undergrad, from my bachelor's degree in nursing. I don't have any um, debt from my first master's degree, which was a master's in leadership and management. Mm-hmm. Um, my only debt is from my psych and P degree, and it's $50,000, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to pay. Um, to, no, no, no. Look, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> the reason I'm not paying it is because I think Joe might come through and mm. I hope you watching this mm. I love you I love mm-hmm. you um but I'm not I mean I have it I'm just waiting to see if they're gonna pay it but um and and just do away the student loans at least for people who were you know helping during the pandemic but the reason that I only took took that out was because I knew how much I would possibly make as a psych and P I looked at like the revenue um income I kind of took a step back and I said, well, if I can make, you know, $150,000 in one year, it's worth it to get a $50,000 loan. Mm-hmm. But for nurses, I'm just going, I'm going to speak as someone who worked on the administrative side. Right. I never cared what school a nurse went to. <laughs> I didn't. Mm. I didn't even look at their transcript. I don't care if you got a, a B or an A in gerontology. Did you pass the NCLEX? That's mm-hmm. all I care about. <laughs> that's all I care about. And that's all that most hospitals care about. Did you pass the NCLEX? Do you have any felonies? Okay, here you go. You can go ahead and start. Here's your, here's your scrubs. Mm. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I just want to say this. We all know somebody that's, uh, that's a nurse or aspiring nurse, aspiring nurse. So if you listen to this, watch this, mm-hmm. make sure you send this to your, your niece, your cousin, <laughs> your sister, aunt, Whatever, whatever the hell it is, your mom, whatever. Because like I said, we all know, we all know, we got people in our family, friends, as nurses, aspiring nurses. So send this to them because you're really giving some game for real for mm-hmm. people to uh, elevate their life and their lifestyle quickly too. So your somebody, nephews and your brothers, your, ne- was, yeah. your biases. Yeah, my, ba- <laughs> so, you know, my biases are trying to get your nephews, That's brothers, right. you know, all that stuff. I said cousins, that could have been he, yeah, she. could have been anything. But I want to ask you, uh, so besides like actual degrees and stuff like that what certs and licenses would you say would be the best ones to get whether it's starting now or just in general in your career which ones are going to be the best ones or most profitable so for psych and p or like for any like type of specialty yeah anything so if you're um if you're going to do like for example crna definitely get your your critical care rn certification um, for psych and P, I would say honestly that having the psych certification isn't going to be like that 
um, crucial in order to getting into a program. But the most competitive programs are going to be your CRNA programs. Mm -hmm. um, so to be a, a certified registered nurse anesthetist when you put people to sleep in the OR, okay. those <laughs> programs are super competitive to get into. But honestly, it's not as flexible as my lifestyle. But, you know, there's something for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I actually know someone who is a CRNA, and they, they can sometimes make $300,000 a year. I have, um, I know someone who's a CRNA who's actually going back to school to be a, a family nurse practitioner because she wants to be able to work from home. Right. So, you know, you kind of mm -hmm. got to think about what works for you, but the certifications, like, definitely get your um, your CCRN if you want to be a CRNA. Um, but if you want to be a Psych MP, you, you do have to actually pass the board exam. Mm -hmm. So um, it is hard, very, very hard. Um, and they changed it again this year. Mm -hmm. I know, so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, I took I took the old licensing exam, so mine was bad, but I don't know if it got worse. Um, so I would say, yeah, you need to definitely pass your boards in order to, to actually practice as an MP, but the certifications, um, they can sometimes make you more money, but your jobs will usually pay for them, so let, let them pay for them. Mm -hmm. Let them pay for the training and certification. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, love, I love that, and I want, also want to touch on your uh, ebook real quick, but before we go to that, we're going to mm -hmm. go into our next sponsor. Are you looking for a simple way to increase your monthly income and jumpstart your journey to financial freedom? We've cracked the code to Amazon's multi-billion dollar marketplace, and we want to introduce this lucrative opportunity to you. It's called dropshipping, and it's one of the most lucrative ways to passively make money online. What's mind-blowing is that it requires zero inventory. Our DFY Commerce team has created a turnkey system to bring our preferred clients a six to seven figure passive income stream, and the beauty is the process is simple. One, we will build and launch your store on Amazon. Two, our team researches, curates, and lists product for you. Three, we continually optimize your store to maximize profits. Four, our team fulfills all of your orders and customer service inquiries. The potential is endless with DFY Commerce. We are strategically looking for serious clients who are equally excited and serious about growing their income portfolio and want you to get in touch with one of our DFY Commerce team members today. Schedule a free, no obligation consultation, which will include a detailed revenue projection. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, so to ask you, so um, your ebook, what does that like uh, entail? Which one? You know we got two. Oh, oh I know you have Okay, okay. Drop all of them. So what's all of them? You can go, you can go through them. Okay, so the first ebook that we have is called So You Want to Be a Nurse. So these are the, the books that I wrote with my business partner. Um, so the first ebook, So You Want to Be a Nurse, is basically a comprehensive guide of like a step-by-step, -step, if you will, right. for anyone who's interested in becoming a nurse or a travel nurse or a nurse practitioner. We kind of take people through um, our journey. Even though my business partner wasn't a travel nurse, I was. I still am. <sighs> I just haven't taken a contract. Well, I took a contract that got canceled. So. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. I see. And what's the uh, the other one? So the other one is called um, White Coat Green Bands. Okay. What that, what so that we mean? go over, um, we go over our investment strategies. We mm. go over, yeah. And the, like my business partner, Theo, is like amazing with money. I learned so much from him, you know, because a lot of people kept asking like, 
I grew my portfolio crazy during the pandemic. Like, I mean, crazy. crazy like between like my Roth IRA um, and then my like my CPA is like a game changer. Me and him actually are friends. We went to school together. Um, but it was so many things I learned from him, like um, doing um, a set 401k and being able to kind of put like money behind that, being able to like all that, like all the write offs and things that you can learn as a business owner. Um, but this book to me, White Coat Green Bands is like Loki, my baby. Because um, the 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 fear that I have for nurses and nurse practitioners is that they're going to be broke, mm-hmm. mm. and I never want to have to trade my time for money for the rest of my life. And I think that especially with the pandemic, it put us in a in a unique position because a lot of nurses had opportunities to make money that they never would have made. A lot of people step out of comfort zones in order to get money and. I feel like the same people, you know, made a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand, and then they're like, "All right, what do I do with this money?" Mm-hmm. So, I think for me, it was it was important to like kind of get out of my comfort zone because I'm I'm kind of weird about like talking about like the money that I have. Right, right. So it was kind of about me coming out of my comfort zone and then talking about like giving somebody a step by step. This is exactly what I do. This is exactly how, you know, my my goal is in the next three years, I'm going to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. So I believe. She said it here first. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I have I have already spoken it into existence. I, I talked to my wealth manager. I talked to my CPA and I'm I'm doing the hard work. I'm doing the hard work. But the thing is, is that my what I've done isn't unique. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do this. Mm. Anyone. You just have to commit to it. Right. That's a and you definitely gonna do it because you got a plan for your money. I know one thing I mm-hmm. definitely learned over the years: if you don't got a plan for your money, your money gonna fail you, or you gonna fail your money. Yeah, you gonna lose mm-hmm. it because you you gotta do something because it's easy to get a boatload of money. That's the easy part. Then when you get it, you just sitting there like, I don't know what to do. Next thing you know, you at the mall. Every mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easy. To, you at the mall. You getting a new car. You getting the upgrade in your crib. You mm-hmm. doing a lot of stuff, and it be small stuff. It's real small. You don't really pay attention to it. Then you look at the a month go later, a quarter go later. You like I spent what on what? I ain't even mention if you going out, going out to eat, clubbing, kicking it. You could go through man. You could go through a hundred thousand dollars in two months for it if you out here yeah. wilding like this. So you definitely got to have a plan for your money. Like and that's before you get the money. You gotta say I'm about to get this money, but before I get this, this this my plan for before I even get it. So when I get it, I can't be thinking like. All this damn free time thinking, like, what I'm going to do? I already know what the hell I'm going to do. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. Then your money going to start going. Then you're going to be rich as hell. That's how I go for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, every time. And I want to say, we got a um, future nurse in the building, Deanna's okay. sister, Deja. So I want to say, Deja, if you got any questions, you got some questions for us? <laughs> come on, girl, come on. Get Look, she got come, a whole list. <laughs> come on. Get on, number, girl, get on. Come on, come on, come on. Speaking of mic so that people can hear you. <laughs> hey, hey. Okay. Um, ooh, y'all touch bases with a lot of my questions. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah. So, oh yeah, your backup plan. Did you okay. have one? Do so, what's the question? What's the question? Okay, so you're very successful. Congratulations. Um, mm-hmm. so I know everyone has to have a goal. They have to map out their goal. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't do what you're doing today, what was your second route be? 
So I would have moved to Bali, opened up Airbnbs and live in my <laughs> Airbnb. Seriously. So that's like, I think, I think we all have like a, like a life changing moment. I think everyone has had like a midlife crisis, especially if you get to be 30. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I went through a really, really bad breakup and I decided that, um, you know, in June, I'm just going to go to Bali and I'm going to, you know, find myself. And I've been, this is actually going to be my fourth trip to Bali, but this is the longest that I'm going to be staying mm -hmm. there. So, um, yeah, I just, I love, I love travel. Like that's really like my love language. And I've seen how much, like, I know how much I've made doing Airbnb before. And I just, I think that would be like such a great lifestyle to be able to, to be a part of other people, you know, experiencing different cultures, different spaces for the first time. And, you know, getting up, getting to be able to kind of determine and write my own life. So it's kind of like what I do now. Like I, I, I create spaces that I really like and I like, I love my house. I'm, I'm re remodeling my house after he just talked about the remodel. <laughs> um, but I got a great deal for it. Um, so I think that would kind of be what I do. So I got another one. Mm -hmm. So um, whether you didn't go through struggle, there's a lot of people struggling. What are like, what's some advice about overcoming the struggle? Cause it's like a lot of people can get a lot of money for myself. Like I didn't touch a lot of money at mm -hmm. once and then blew it on stuff. And then at the end of the day, really have nothing to show for it. So what would you really recommend? Well, about struggle, it's okay to struggle. Mm -hmm. Just don't stay there. Mm -hmm. Don't right. stay there. Um, be intentional. I, I've learned the power that's behind writing things down and saying what you mean and meaning what you say and having people hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. So in those, in like all of my, all of my friends, it's funny, almost all of my friends are nurses and we've all been in spaces like my friends are actually option traders too. That's neither here nor there. Cause I don't, really, I, don't I don't, I don't really like trading, but you know, we held each other accountable. Like, at one point, um, we were trading together and we would get on calls and, you know, talk about, okay, what, what trade are you making? You doing SPY. Okay. If you're doing SPY, why are you entering right here? Have you looked at the cloud? Like, why are you, are you, are you betting or are we using strategy? So mm -hmm. having people that hold you accountable for what you do, it, to me, it just takes the game to a whole, a whole different level mm -hmm. and just continue to be in spaces that are uncomfortable, yeah. but that push you. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. I think I'm <laughs> in my current phase with that one. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks. Okay. I have so that's all, that's all the questions you got. Okay. I got uh, one question. I know we're close, nearing the end, but um, with you being a, a mental health practitioner and, you know, part of having a millionaire mindset is also having a healthy mindset and a positive mindset and staying mm -hmm. on track with that. Can you just leave us with some advice for people out there as far as taking care of your mental health and things of that nature? Yeah. So I would say first, it's okay to be okay, to not be okay. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of, like my patients don't know, like, especially if they don't know me, if they don't follow me on social media. Um, but I am, I, I've been diagnosed with depression. I have depression and I also have ADHD. So being aware that something is wrong is okay. And then also seeking help. Even if you're, even if you don't think that you're, you know, that you're clinically depressed or that you have anxiety, it's okay to talk to someone. 
I know people that are in therapy and don't have a diagnosis. I think the therapist is working off of adjustment disorder. <laughs> I mean, they just out here with just vibes with, with, the, <laughs> with the diagnosis. Just vibes. just vibes. And you know what? That's okay. You know, um, being upfront and honest with yourself is the first is the first step to being able to move forward with any kind of treatment. So until you're upfront and honest about what you need, you're you're gonna continue to struggle. You you just are. So I would say that's the first thing. Second thing, um, you don't have to tell people what your business is. If you don't feel like, if you don't feel comfortable talking to people about you seeing a therapist or you being on medication, you don't have to talk, tell anybody. The only person needs to know is your insurance company. <laughs> right. That's the only person needs to know. That's right. So, you know, I understand that we're in a space right now, like a unique space yeah. where, you know, Mental health is kind of becoming more popular yeah, and like becoming mainstream. less taboo, though. Yep. So I feel like it's more okay to tell people, like, girl, I'm on an antidepressant. Like, I tell people all the time. <laughs> they they be like, oh, Morgan must have all the answers because she's a nurse practitioner, baby. I'm maxed out on my, <laughs> on my medication, okay? Let's be clear. Like, <laughs> I am, I am, I'm, I'm not the poster child for mental health, but all I can say is that I'm trying. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's enough for me at this point. Mm. I love it. Yeah, I love it. you had you had anything else, uh, D? I could talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> but for the show, that's all for me as far as questions. What about you, Dave? You sure you ain't got no more questions? Go ahead, girl. Lay it on uh, me. Lay it on me. <laughs> let's see, let's see. Okay. I know you got I know you got some on the notebook. <laughs> okay. Oh, you gotta you gotta ask in the mic so they can hear you. Okay. Okay. So earlier you said knowing your worth. How did you sit there and map out your worth? Like, don't get me wrong, I know you put in the work, but mm -hmm. to help someone else know, find, you know, to help them find mm -hmm. know, knowing their like worth. Like a patient <laughs> or or another nurse or nurse. No, just like people. you personally. Yeah, like, just mm -hmm. how to figure out what your worth is. Oh, that's a good question. Girl, you came, you came with the question. Um, I think I think you have to see how you envision yourself mm -hmm. and knowing what you bring to the table. Like, I think that when you we when you constantly like curate a vibe around people and people feel like safe around you, people feel secure around you, and that's just not even as a nurse or a nurse practitioner, but as a person. Yeah. Like I just I feel like I carry a vibe when people are around me that just makes them feel different. And I can't really even put my fingers on it. Mm -hmm. But like, even when I've like, like past, like past relationships I've been in, like, I know that I've added value to them. Like I've taught, I, I, I turn, I turn one of my exes into a boss, like <laughs> a boss. And I think that when you know your worth, sometimes other people show it to us. Mm -hmm. before we even understand it. Right. So I think that being in those spaces with people who, who realize how much, how much you're worth will show you how, how like what's your worth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Girl, yeah. Morgan, you okay. <laughs> am, am I giving <laughs> Oprah? <laughs> no, you give us, you give us some game. Before we wrap up, I just want to mm -hmm. say me and Deanna, we greatly appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, we wanted to get this done. This was an extremely dope, mm -hmm. like super dope episode. So we really appreciate you appreciate you taking time out your busy schedule to come out here and chop it up with us. But before we let you go, mm -hmm. do you mind then plugging all your stuff where people can follow you on social media, uh, buy the ebooks, everything? Okay, okay. 
so I have a YouTube, but I don't have no, no content on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so first I'm on Instagram and TikTok with the same handle y'all see right here, Morgan San Diego. Can I tell them why my name is San Diego really quick? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's, really it's really important to me. It's really important to me. So it's yeah. funny because everyone thinks that either my last name is San Diego or that I live in San Diego. I thought it was your last name. No. No. So it's so first of all, it's never gonna change. I don't care how many followers I get on either platform, it's never gonna change. So um when I was like halfway through school, I didn't know if I really wanted to be a psych MP. Like I, I'm super passionate about Derm because y'all can see my skin now, but my skin was horrible. I mean, horrible, like for the last two years because of the masks. So anyway, um, I was kind of like halfway through school. I was probably like maybe six months from being done. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. So my uncle had passed away and he passed away from a drug overdose. And we had this running joke. He would always call me Hollywood because he said I was always going somewhere <laughs> and doing something. And he said, like, I remember one time he said, girl, you like Carmen San Diego. And that just stuck with me. Mm -hmm. So um, when he died, I just remember like, um, leaving the leaving the funeral, leaving um, leaving the repast, and having going to having to go to clinical, and I was like, you know, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. And honestly, some of my favorite clients, my favorite patients, are my Suboxone patients. So those are patients who have um, you know struggled with opiates in the past. And I think every single time, and I and this is what I deal with in therapy is you know the 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 things that I carry from you know his death into my patients. And it's like every single time I treat one of my patients, it's like I'm treating him and I'm looking mm -hmm. at him. And I just know that I, like I, whatever divine power you believe in, I just believe that God just gives us second chances and second opportunities to make mm -hmm. things right with people. And I think that that's my opportunity. So my name is going to forever <laughs> be Morgan San Diego. That makes sense now because I'm like, man, I think she's from San Diego. Mm -hmm. I was talking to somebody. I was like, yeah, she's from San Diego. She's a nurse. Yeah, I was telling people your last name. But I like this way better. You know? Right. But, uh, Deanna, what's your info for wrapping up? And you can follow me on Instagram at Deanna Kent, Twitter, Deanna S. Kent, and YouTube as well, and TikTok. Yeah, I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Oh, we know you. Uh, what's up? What else up there? Everything. <laughs> everything you got you can think of, I'm there at Xavier C. Miller. Y'all make sure y'all follow me. And Dage, what's your info as well so that people can follow you? Uh, I'm just on Instagram, Dage.K0. You on TikTok? I don't know my TikTok name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's, the, that's all we got for y'all on this episode of Men and Monsters Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people. If you know they solid, elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.